And good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. You're listening to The Supernatural Realm on WCET.FM. Also on WCET 101.7 FM in Columbia, South Carolina. And we're also on High Point Radio, 1620 AM and on 100.5 FM, bringing us into New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. Chip, are you there, buddy? I sure am. There, Timmy. Boy, what a perfect night for the perfect guest tonight. We've been looking forward to this like forever. I, I absolutely love this guy. I know you do too. Uh, our guest tonight, none other than the great Steve DeShavi uh, from the Travel Channel uh, hit show, The Dead Files, in its 11th season as we speak. And tonight, new episodes coming on too, uh, which you could, you know. You listen to the show first and then catch up on, you know, ideally. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, Steve, for a while, you know, he's been in, in service to his community his entire adult life, you know. Uh, as a Marine uh, uh, and really with honor uh, and dignity uh, representing our beautiful country uh, and been uh, 25 years in the Manhattan North Precinct as a homicide detective uh, for the New York Police Department. And uh, actually, the first time I saw him on TV uh, was a, a, it was a show on the Criminal Investigation Channel. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Where it was uh, homicide detectives that were kind of reliving some of their most, um, the cases that stuck out to them. Uh, so I, I was familiar with uh, him on that first, already a fan of his, before seeing him for the first time on The Dead Files, my personal favorite TV show. Um, and again, tonight there's some new episodes, uh, 8 to 10 Eastern Time, uh, the, a special two-hour revisit episode about a senior citizen's home in Oregon, and then the sixth episode of the new Season 11, already sixth episode. Wow. Uh, that'll air from 10 to 11 Eastern. And again, from midnight to 1 a.m., that's when I'll catch it. And then the two-hour one follows that from 1 to 3 in the morning, all times Eastern. And I'll still be watching Dead Files when Spirit Hour comes along, which is pretty cool. You know? <laughs> but anyway, our honored guest tonight, Steve DeShavi. So, Timmy, I'm going to throw it to you so you can uh, formally introduce this beautiful man to Supernatural Realm Radio. Welcome to the show, Steve. It's great to have you on. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, hey, Chip, you should be uh, the Travel Channel's <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> Gladly. You know, I would do that. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll say it. I, you know, I said it off air. I'll say it on air. Every season that you have for this show is better than the last. Mm -hmm. There's always something that makes it better. You know, and That's I can't say that about any other TV show I've ever seen in my life, whether it's reality television or scripted TV, yeah. you know. Uh, that's a credit going to not just me and Amy and Matt, but that's a credit going to the the crew and the way they film things and the producers and how things are done. I mean, it's not just me and Amy. It's definitely a, a, a collective effort on how we're doing things. I mean... You know, I complain when we're filming about, you know, doing these certain shots where, they, they, you know, they use the drone and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, really? We got to do this? It's 110 degrees out. But when you see it on TV, you're like, you know what? 
these guys are really, really doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I follow some of them on Twitter. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't like to be on Twitter much, honestly, except for uh, them. Really, uh, yeah, you and me both. I'm, I'm, I've been shying away from Twitter and mostly on Instagram. Even Facebook, I've been shying away from it. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Ah, see, I got to start doing that. I still haven't gotten my Instagram yet. You know, I. I, I I'd like to be heard rather than seen, I guess. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, it's just, uh, it's like a minefield, you know, going on social media these days. Yeah, it is. You know, but it's never a minefield turning on the travel channel, especially on a Thursday night now when they're running the new episodes of The Dead Files. And, and uh, yeah, so you're. You know, since Discovery's taken over the channel, um, they've really. Uh, pushed us i mean prior to discovery buying on the network uh we were on maybe two hours a week at best mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now we have all day thursday they're pushing us they're they're advertising us i mean it means a lot to me amy and matt and everybody else in the crew because we've been working our asses off for you know sure. nine years now i mean it's been a long time coming and finally somebody's doing the right thing by us i should say mm-hmm well, I, th- I think, you know, you, you've, you've earned that attention because it, it is really the best show on TV. I mean, we, we talk about paranormal shows all the time here, you know, and it's really the only one that has consistently not only been good, but, you know, the whole purpose of it is to help people who find themselves in impossible situations. Well, you know, that's the thing. People, you know, I, I bitch and moan about traveling and being on the road and crappy hotels and you know living out of a suitcase and and you know what it does suck really mm-hmm. bad, but mm-hmm. you know we just did a reveal the what's today thursday mm-hmm. tuesday we did a reveal in uh, columbus ohio you know what just looking at the clients across the table and seeing the look on their faces and the the relief on right. their face you know what? Never mind. I got a bad bed in the hotel. Never mind. <laughs> that look on their first face is worth every ounce of my uncomfort. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've been in this industry of, like you said, of helping people for thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole life has been dedicated to public service, and in a sense, this is uh, the same thing. You know, what I do now is public service. And looking at those faces across the table of thank you so much for mm-hmm. what you did for us and the hugs at the end of the night that nobody sees on camera, obviously, but those hugs and kisses and here's your plan. Go fight this shit. And, ooh, <laughs> sorry. Go fight okay. this stuff that's <laughs> happening. And, you know, it, 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 it's worth me getting on a plane at five o'clock in the morning. It's worth me getting to my hotel room, laying in the bed saying, Oh my God, I got to be here for eight days in this bed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So for me, that gratification of seeing them happy and relieved and nobody judging them. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to be judged. Right. I've had, yeah, I've had clients told told me over the years, uh, Steve, they, they say, you know, I just want to know that I'm not crazy. 
and, you know, I just want to know that there is something going on in my home, and uh, you guys can help us. So that's. And, and you know what? I don't come from a. I don't come from a background of ever having an experience, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, right. that's right. To this day, right? No this paranormal day, experience. You know, and for me, I think people get that, well, he's never had an experience, but he's mm -hmm. not judging me. Right. And I think that's the most important thing because, you know what? I don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody wants to be judged. And if, if you're going through something that nobody else understands, well, to me, screw them, number one. Right. <laughs> number two... If it's legit, which 99.999% of our clients are, mm -hmm. and Amy confirms it, you know, how do you not feel for these people? Mm -hmm. How do you not want to help? So, and we vet very well with our, with our show. We, we, we don't, we got a lot of crazies, you know, submitting epis, you know, for, the, you know, to, for us to come out and investigate, and, you mm -hmm. know, guys... I can't say it on air right now, but there's some people, you know, you know, Dixie Normus is, you know, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get, you know, you know, that's the kind of, you know, wishes sure. yeah. we'll sometimes. And I, and I laugh and I look at them and I'm like, yeah, this is a good one. Let me call this guy and just have, a, have some fun. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but we vet very well and. All of our clients are well-deserving of our service. Um, you know, in 160-something episodes, have there been clients that, uh, you know, I wouldn't give the time of day today? Of course. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing you guys do. I mean, are there people out there that you just, you know, I'm sorry I helped them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. It is what it is, you know. Yep. Cheers. Yeah, you're 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 still doing something. I mean, you've been throughout your adult life, you know. And I, I mentioned in your bio, you've always uh, been in a capacity to help people in a way that is very rare and unique. You know, as a marine and Semper Fi, by the way. Thank you, sir. Um, as as a homicide detective, uh, and, and now w what you're bringing even to the paranormal world is unique to any other paranormal show that's ever been on you know and well, i think a lot of people are trying to duplicate what we do and i'm not going to mention names um try but, is the operative word yeah, though. <laughs> i try i think what happens is people are realizing that it's not about them mm -hmm. it's about it's about the client well, i call the client mm -hmm. it's about the client and it's not about the paranormal or oh look what i can do or Look how great I am! I can do. I can investigate this. I can do that. It's not about you. You know, mm -hmm. get over yourself. It's right. about the client, and it's about making their life better. Mm -hmm. Right? That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. So when I see these other shows and they're trying to duplicate some of the stuff we do, I, I get a little pissed about it because I'm like, yeah, yeah, we did this from the beginning. Now you're just realizing that it's not about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. It takes takes about, people some time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Because it's not about you. It's about people. It's about mm -hmm. what they're going through. Yeah. It's not about how good you look in a short sleeve shirt. It's not about <laughs> how do I look doing this. How do I? You know, it's not about that. But look, sir, I'm a fat bastard, right? So I get on TV. I look at myself, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Why would anybody like these women? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, 
Have you seen me on TV? Do you actually see what I look like? Why in the hell would you ever be, what you know, like you? somebody like me? I, you know, I look like Jabba the Hutt on TV. <laughs> so I look at myself, and that's why I don't watch myself. I'm like, why, why would you be attracted to that? I'm like, I'm disgusted when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror and I got to shave. I'm like, Jesus. Well, I, I will speak for the women of America, you know, because I, I've been in the same rooms with them and you at the same time. <laughs> and look, there, there is something to integrity, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a very modest guy. I still consider you a role model in a lot of ways, you know. You've uh, selflessly, you know, sacrificed your comfort uh, for this country, you know, for your community, for and now for our community, mm -hmm. and in ways that that are very genuine, and and very rare, and it's good to see you also uh, do probably the best example of how to properly investigate a property uh, yeah. that we've had on television, and you've not only been consistent, but you continue to up your game with every season. You know, you're finding new and different methods. Uh, to investigate certain things that oh, could yeah. have happened on the property. And with our show, we always go, like, I'm going to try to debunk something, and I'll call in a plumber or call in a, <laughs> you know, a, somebody that's, you know, a, a, a pest. Guy. Yeah, you know, pest control, pest. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do that for a reason, because, you know, I want an answer to everything you're going through. So... Sure. And a lot of stuff that I do never makes it to air, obviously. I mean, mm -hmm. I interview an average of 15 people during an investigation. Mm -hmm. Six make it to air, seven tops. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an idea how in-depth the interview, you know, my, my investigative process is. But at the same time, I get annoyed about, oh, how come they didn't air that? I'm like, well, it has nothing to do with Amy saw, so <laughs> Why would they air it? You know, <laughs> it makes no sense. It is TV in, in, at the end of the game. I mean, it's TV. It's 42 minutes that got, you know, I I film 70 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to drop that down to 42 minutes plus what Amy does. I mean, right. I wouldn't want that job. And I, that's why those guys get paid so well. I mean, sitting in the booth listening to my ugly face all day long <laughs> and trying to figure out what's what's good and what's not. I mean... It's a tough job, but I think the way they do it is incredible. Uh, everything fits. I mean, and I don't say it fits like, oh, we try to put a a round uh, stick into a round hole. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. I mean, there's been plenty of episodes where, you know, me and Amy will be talking about it. I'll bring up in, uh, some history, and she'll be like, no, it's not, not that. I'm like, fine. You know, and then that's on her to figure it out. But that's the whole thing about the paranormal and the pragmatic meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what makes for, uh, for a great concept. And that's why our show is doing so well as it is. So. Hey, hey, Steve, how many how many hours does it generally take for you to do the background investigation of, of the client or of the location? Oh, uh, it's, it's a, a probably a month-long mm. process before we even get the location. You know, I, listen, it's TV. I, I'm in a library. I'm doing stuff. But... If I don't have all my ducks in a row before I get there, then shame on me, right? Right. Like, I would never interview a perpetrator on a homicide unless I knew as much as I could before I walked into that room. You're, you're the only friend I know that still uses microfiche, you know? 
you know what? People laugh at that, but you know what? There's they a lot shouldn't. of information that's not on the internet that you have to get. Right. Microfilm. And it's yeah. and, and people like, oh, why doesn't he use the internet? Well, first of all, I don't trust the internet. According right. to the internet, according to Google, <laughs> I'm born in 1966. I was born in 63. According to Google, I'm still married. And if you look at the picture, I'm married to Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> <laughs> I've been divorced almost seven years. I don't have a girlfriend anymore. And I'd love to have Morgan Fairchild as my wife, but <laughs> unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> so when it comes to Google, people are like, well, I found it on Google. I'm like, yeah, what was the what was the, the the source of the information you got? Right, and that's the key. And what and what we do is make sure the source is from very particular. You know, if it's not from an institution, you know, university, or if it's not from a family member, you know, it 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 doesn't it doesn't fly with us. Yeah. I've seen a couple of the episodes where you've actually uh, brought uh, exterminators in mm -hmm. or plumbers in just to double check because it brings these people peace of mind and it also underscores something important to paranormalists that they should pay close attention to, which is you want to check every box to make sure that you've gone out of your way to explain any normal type of physics or science that could explain away some of this right. stuff. And, and you know what? And if we can debunk it, fine. If we can't, then it's something else, right? Right. We just did an episode in Columbus, Ohio. I just got back yesterday. And the woman that lived there, her and her husband, insisted that a, the prior owner died in the living room. Insisted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me check it out. She died in Georgia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Probably saw it on the internet and said, yeah. yeah. Well, she heard it from the woman that owned the house. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that's a good source. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me check it out. And I, I'm pretty sure if she did die in the house, I'll know. If not, I'll figure out where it happened. And she didn't. But didn't mean she wasn't haunting the house, which she was. But the fact that they thought she was died in the house and everything that paranormal happened was because of this woman. It turned out she was a very minute part, a very, very, very minute part of what was going on in that house. But at the same time, that's my job. Now, okay, listen, you thought this, this is the facts. This is what I bring to the table. And this is what I want to do for you. Now you're at, you know, she didn't die here. Relax, you're good. But she is haunting your house and Amy's going to fix it. So, you know, that's all that counts. Yeah. Also, the first example uh, from you uh, to talk to genealogists, especially when you get it down to uh, names, you know, of people that lived on or near that property mm -hmm. and can focus on these names, you see genealogists. I never would have thought of that. I got to tell you something. Genealogists and historians are my bloodline. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do the work. I do not want to do. Right. <laughs> these, these guys are methodical. These guys are just, they are phenomenal at what they do. Are they great on camera? No. Do they know how to talk to living people? No. <laughs> but do they know how to research a oh, family no. mm -hmm. and find out every, every nuance of what their family was like and what happened? Absolutely. And those people, when people say to me, oh, how do you, how do I investigate my home? Well, you, you know, you start with a block on lot, you figure out who lived on the property, all this other nonsense. But 
inevitably you need a historian or a genealogist to really do the work. Mm-hmm. And unless you're that person that can do it, uh, you know, people think it's easy. I couldn't do it myself. I mean, the stuff I do is easy for me because I have the websites. I have this, that, and the other thing work, working for me. I have people helping me. I have this, that. But to do the, that, the minutia, what I call minutia, like that, that little detailed stuff, like was the guy left-handed? Did he serve in the Civil <laughs> War? Uh, did he have health issues? You know, I mean, stuff like that that they actually find out. You know, when Amy will hit me with stuff at, at a reveal, like, well, what was his wife's name? You know what? If it wasn't for genealogists or historians, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And God bless him. I, I, I tell you the truth, God bless him. And I tell people all the time, if you can employ a historian or a genealogist, do it and pay them. Yeah. If you really want to know, pay them. Because they deserve mm-hmm. every dollar they get. Trust yeah. me. Well, even with uh, some county historians, you know, I've used them before. Timmy's used county historians before, right. you know, when we're, we're researching certain properties. But, uh, and it makes it even more vital to find a good one mm-hmm. because just because they're a county historian doesn't automatically make them good or really know the material that is important to your research, you know. But I noticed that not only do you remember the good ones, but you revisit them. Yes, you know? absolutely. And you bring up a good point because, like, not every detective's a good detective, right? Mm-hmm. Not right. every doctor's a good doctor. Not every historian or genealogist is a good one. But when we find good ones, I'll put, I'm like, listen, we're going to this area. I don't care if you got to pay them to drive three hours, do it. Mm-hmm. Because they're really good. They know their work. And I feel comfortable knowing that whatever they give me, I know the information, number one, is correct. And, it, and it's thorough which is impossible to find. It, it really is, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. guys know, you do, you, you do this stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, anybody can say, hey, I'm a historian. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's, your, what's your background? What, what do you, what's your big thing, you know? Like, well, I, I love history. Oh, great, thanks a lot. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's real helpful, thanks a lot. Yeah. If only yeah. they could just come out and say, what's my thing? Mediocrity, that's what's <laughs> my thing, you know, because that's, uh, you know. You know. It's hard to find real good ones. Yeah. yeah, it is. And when you do, you really got to give them credit and you, and you got to, you know, that's why I love putting them on TV. Because yeah. for me, it's like somebody that's that good and that thorough, how do you not highlight them? How do you not right. show people how good they are? Mm-hmm. You know, that's important. Yeah. And that yeah. makes them feel good at the same time. Sure. And it's also noteworthy each time that you revisit a county historian when you see somebody for a second or third time you know that you're in that general area again you know it's noteworthy because you oh, make absolutely. sure that that uh, and, the audience knows that uh, yeah you know. and I'll always say I'm going to see an old friend or I'm, I'm, I'm you know I always make sure I put that in my door my drive up I'm like I want to make sure people know I've used this person before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like I'm going to see dr. so-and-so I'm going to see my friend Tim who's a genealogist Whatever it is, I want to make sure the audience knows these people are important to me and I'm using them again mm-hmm. for a reason, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I only work with the best my entire career, and I'm not stopping now. <laughs> so I work with Amy, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's kind of fun watching as, as investigators who have you know, kind of done this kind of legwork because there, uh, a lot of times, especially in earlier seasons, 
uh, when you'd go to see somebody uh, in law enforcement that somebody like me wouldn't necessarily be welcomed in, in seeing. Um, we, over time, we can see kind of that you use them ultimately a bit less than the county historians, the genealogists. And, and, and you know what? If I'm investigating something that's a homicide or death or something, and you know what? When I reach out, hey, listen, I'm, 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 my name's Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired homicide detective from New York. You know, listen, just so you know, I'm on a TV show, and we need to film something about this homicide. Can you look into it, Paul? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, uh, yeah, okay, what's your name again? <laughs> then I'll say, do your favor. Just Google the show. <laughs> just check it out. Watch an episode, then get back to me. Inevitably, 95% of these guys get back to you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, bro, anytime, whatever you need. Let me know what you need. And, and especially if it's an open homicide. Mm -hmm. Any, anything to get the word out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I always like the open ones because you have to run that disclaimer, and it. Yeah. Honestly, as a viewer, it makes things even more enticing. Yeah. You know, to have that disclaimer. You know, uh, the, these things are not necessarily be considered evidence of a court of law. You know, but even with that said, that's the kind of scrutiny that you give these investigations because that's the scrutiny that you come from. You know, yeah. having to have a case stand up without a reasonable doubt in a criminal court of law. Is very very difficult, you know. Standard. You know, and, uh, and with the paranormal, and you're talking to these, you know, law enforcement guys. I'm like, listen, bro. I was on a job for 22 years. I worked on homicide for 13. I get it. I understand why you would think weary about a paranormal show, but I'm just trying to get to the facts. I just want to find out what the hell is going on. Whether it's paranormal or not, I still need to know this information. Mm -hmm. So that kind of brings them around, and you know, because. You know, law enforcement is not going to, obviously, it's not admissible in court, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect of it. But at the same time, if you're an open-minded investigator, you'll take any goddamn lead you can get. Sure. sure. I'll take, you know, if I can take a lead where, you know, some, you know, some person comes to me and says, listen, you're going to think this is crazy, but I had a dream last night about A, B, and C, and mm -hmm. it had something to do with your homicide. I'm going to look into it. And if you mm -hmm. don't, shame on you. Nice. Shame on you as an investigator for not looking into it. Listen, it may be OBS, but you know what? If you don't look into it, that that's not justice for the family of the victim. Yeah. Well, no, true. That, that's, that's no way to treat the, the family of the victim, no matter who the victim is. I don't care who it is. But you always want to do the right thing by the family. And if mm -hmm. you got to dig up a grave up or if you got to go talk to somebody that it's absolute nonsense when you, after you're done with it, fine, but you did it. You yeah. know, you got to cross your T's, dot your I's, you got to do the right thing. Oh, it's also interesting to note that, you know, with really good uh, detectives, uh, good criminal investigators, um, you know, whether what, what they think about psychics or using psychics in particular, notwithstanding, exactly. You know, their intuition uh, often is the thing that comes between, the, you know, cracking the case and not cracking the case. Absolutely, 100%. I worked with an old-time detective, Billy Jack Tomasulo, and he was probably one of the most respected detectives I've ever worked with. And he had no problem working with psychics. This was a tough, tough, tough guy. Born and raised in Brooklyn, tough guy, Vietnam vet. And... 
when he told me he worked with psychics, I was like, really? You know, kind of <laughs> like taken aback by it. I'm like, you? You're, you're, the, you're the epitome of a tough, hardcore detective, and you have no problem speaking with a psychic? I said, if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at things. You know, yeah. here's a guy that was so open to anything. He was willing to talk to psychics about stuff that was going on. Listen, if you need a break in a case, you do what you got to do, right? Right. It's like a doctor. You know, take do whatever test you need to do to find out what the hell's wrong with a person. And that's how I approach it. Yeah. Steve, Steve, have you been involved with the paranormal prior to the show? Say again? Have you been involved with paranormal research prior to the show? No. Not, I've worked with psychics on homicide cases. Mm-hmm. But as far as the paranormal, not not in the least. You know, I've never. I, I laugh because I, I talk to these, a lot of these, uh, and a lot of the interviews I do are of um, paranormal groups that have researched the house, and I want to talk to them, obviously. And we put it on camera; it never makes it to air. Mm. Very rare, mm. because I want to know what they found out. Yeah. And um, you know, for me, it's like. I've never been involved, and I talk to them, and I'm like, wait a minute, you sat in a room for fucking 10 hours? It's <laughs> <laughs> like doing surveillance. Yeah. I, I, I want nothing to do with that. I mean, right. I've been, I did surveillance my whole career. I want nothing to do with that. You know, peeing in a friggin' bucket, you know, just <laughs> sitting in a van for 12 hours. No, I want nothing to do with that, you know. Right. Yeah, I've I, I seen an episode today where, where Amy was calling a paranormal team to come investigate. After yeah. after the show aired, and I thought maybe you know they would show that, and they didn't. No, they didn't. Um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. They don't revisit episodes anymore, and you know it is what it is. And now yeah. we're doing this thing where the families are uh, videotaping how they're doing after the show, so mm-hmm. or after the investigation, I should say. Yeah, and and speaking of uh, new episodes, uh, tonight's uh, new one-hour episode, which airs at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. On the Travel Channel. Yeah, and Colorado uh, dealt with, at least according to the description, uh, deals with a paranormal investigative team that believes that something may have followed them uh, home. Yeah, you know what? It was pretty interesting. It was a a pretty interesting aspect to the reveal. So I hope people tune in. Well, Dead Boss fans always wait till the end, obviously. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I can't wait for that, you know. Actually, I can because we're talking to you meantime, so yeah. <laughs> I kind of hope time slows down a little, honestly. Yeah. Uh, have uh, you done any episodes in the Pittsburgh area, Steve? We just did an episode. Uh, we did a tattoo parlor in oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah? <laughs> matter of fact, which was great because I got my mother's side of the family from Pittsburgh, so I got to see my aunt, my cousins. So it was it was good for me to, to – I always love being in the Pittsburgh area because – Mm-hmm. Any chance I get to be near my mother's side of the family, I, I, I you know, I'm like, oh, great, going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, not so much in the winter, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Plus, great sausage in Pittsburgh, man, every Listen, time I've been there. I love Pittsburgh. I, you know, I grew up, you know, driving to Pittsburgh. My father was a truck driver, right? So he was a team sleep. He used to drive in overnight. 11 o'clock at night, he'd be like, all right, we're going to grandma's for breakfast. I'm like, <laughs> My grandma lives with us. No, we're going to the other grandma. We get in a car at 11 o'clock at night, and 7 o'clock in the morning, we're pulling up to Wimbledon, 
Pennsylvania, right, right outside of Pittsburgh, <laughs> and we're bringing bagels, provolone, sausage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, all the good stuff. And, yeah. you know, and my father was like that. He would just show up in the middle. Like my aunt and my other aunt lives in Boston. You know, he'd wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Come on, we're going to your ranch. We're bringing them bagels. <laughs> I'd be stuck in the back of the car with, you know, bagels and sausage and I stinking like provolone by the time I got there. <laughs> hey, that would have been my dream childhood. Man. Have Have you been up for Manny's in Pittsburgh? I have, but you know what? I'd rather take my aunt's home cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some comfort food there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. It's funny, my aunt, who's 83 now, and she's the last of the 14. Mm-hmm. Of my mother's brothers and sisters, she's the youngest. And she's the last, and uh, she, you know she she's on Facebook now. So she she every time I post something, when are you coming back to see us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she's so sweet, and she's on. You know, and, she, and my cousins are like, oh, you know, Aunt Susie, she's on the, on the Facebook again. But yeah, it's all good. And she, yeah. and she you know, what laughs? She goes, Stevie. All these girls are after you. What do you? I I hope you're being careful. <laughs> she tells me. I'm like, yes, Susie, I'm 56 year old. I, I'm 56 years old. I think I got it down now. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think I can handle it now. Oh, God bless her. Yeah, my, my sister married into a, a, a an Italian family from Sicily um, originally, and. I went there once uh, to meet them, you know, the, the parents, and it was all manja, manja, manja. That was gotta about eat. Yeah, I got to eat. And I'm, I eat like a bird, you know, so it, it, it took me about three weeks to recover from that. <laughs> but, well, you know. it's funny. When I go out, if I go out on a date, right, because I'm single, so I go out on, if I go out on a date and we go to dinner and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to have maybe a, you know, like, no. You, <laughs> you know, if you don't eat... Uh, this is no good. Right. Yeah. This right. relationship right. is done now. You're not gonna. gonna... <laughs> right. I am men like hips. Let me see some hips. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hips are always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. We don't like skinny women. That, that's for certain. Yeah. Well, it's a tell, you know. Yeah. And that was the thing. Yeah, I had like five courses there. I th- I thought my stomach was going to burst, and they said, "Well, now we drink," you know, because yeah, now. now we- <laughs> and then, there you go. <laughs> they, they were as hearty with that as we, they were with the food, you know. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> so, yeah. so I hear these stories about 11 p.m. bagels and 5 a.m. bagels, and I oh, I got a little jealous there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. You know. yeah. Beautiful thing. Wow. There's nothing better than home cooking, though, especially when Grandma made made it. Oh. You know, uh, she was <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Now, is it is it just me? Uh, because it, it seems like the last two seasons or so, I've seen more history that goes really back uh, to Native American days. You know. Mm, yeah, I don't mention that. We've had paranormalists on, and to research them and the area they do, we do there's the history of the state. There's a lot of and, times, yeah. Yeah, any any state in this country basically started out the same way. You had three tribes that didn't get along, and then they finally started to get along, and then the European settler came in, you know, uh, and talked about uh, cooperation and religion and let's all get along, (laughs) 
until there were more settlers than there were natives, and then things got messy. Uh, but interestingly enough, I mean, there's been probably uh, at least a third of the episodes per season in the last two or three uh, that have tied really directly into that long back, you know, that far back where the entire land could it be uh, cursed to this day, you know, or um, uh, things in the French and Indian War where, you know, right. uh, the Indian uh, that were fighting with the French or the British were um, abused or, you know, um, starved or uh, sickened or, or somehow uh, treated very, very poorly and, and that kind of thing still stands or there might have been a tribal chief that did a curse on the land. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that, but you know, at the same time, just listening to that history, it kind of makes you think, wow, how brutal things were. Mm -hmm. and, and people don't realize how brutal the Indians were to each other. Right. Exactly. And how, you know, they were pretty, and the funny thing is like when scalping, they talk about scalping, that was introduced by Europeans. Huh? Indians never scalped anybody until the Europeans said, well, we want proof that you killed these people. Mm -hmm. We want their scalps. So that's something growing up. I never, I thought it was an uh, you know, American Indian thing, right? Sure. Yeah. Then doing the show and listening to this history, it's the Europeans coming in saying, listen, we want proof. They're the ones that cause scalping. Yeah. It just tells you about the white man's influence on American Indians and, and what happened. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, listen, I don't care what anybody says, strong survive, right? Mm -hmm. yep. exactly. And if you're not strong enough to survive, then shame on you. Right. You know, in my opinion, it's like, well, we took over, Hitler tried to take over the world, the strong survived, right? Mm -hmm. We took care of it, we were the stronger, mm -hmm. look at us now, right? The French right. would be speaking German if it wasn't for us. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah. So... It, it's a matter of, like, who's strongest, mm -hmm. who's going to take over. And, and and it is what it is. It's like it's like nature. Like, people are like, oh, you know, great white sharks, they, oh, they're terrible. Yeah, they're, they're, they're killing seals that are killing the fish population. So it's a, it's a natural order of mm -hmm. nature, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same with human beings. I mean, listen, will we be living in the United States of today if, the Europeans didn't come in. Right. Probably not. No. Yeah. No. There would be no progress. Mm -hmm. Socialism was the big thing 300, 400 years ago. <laughs> then, then democracy came into effect. And that's how all this other stuff, you know, things started getting developed. Oh, wait, I'm going to make a better product than you. Oh, no, I am. And that's what democracy is all about. And that's where we came up with all this extra you know, um, let's say ingenuity as far as technology goes. Sure, sure. If it wasn't getting rid of socialism, we'd still be in that socialistic way of thinking. Mm -hmm. yeah. But democracy, I'm going to make a better product than you. And that brings ingenuity. And mm -hmm. that brings all this progress. Yeah. And you and I would not be talking right now on this computer mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that. Right. People got to realize that you know things happen for a reason and the strong survive and to me america is the greatest country mm -hmm. on this planet yeah. Yeah. no matter what you want to say about it 
it's off country, you better love it. If you don't love it, get the hell out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I watched the, the uh, documentary of the men that built America, you know, with Andrew Carnegie right. and mm -hmm. the right? guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? That was an incredible documentary. That, that was, was awesome. Incredible. They did a great job. I mean, it's nice to see good history on TV. It's about progress and about how, all right, nobody's holding us back from doing things. Right. Let us move forward in progress and in, in, in technology. I mean, think about it. We went to the moon in 1969. Mm -hmm. It was the most impossible thing we could have done at that time, but we mm -hmm. did it. Yeah. I remember sitting on my grandfather's lap when Neil Armstrong came off the plant, oh, oh, the limb. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize I was six years old. I didn't realize till many, many years later. My grandfather was born in Italy with horse and buggy. Now this guy is watching a man step on the moon. Right. I mean, think about what was going through his mind. That'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah. How do we take for granted today? Right, yeah. You know, what... people, if they text you, if you don't answer back right away, they're like, oh, I didn't answer me back. <laughs> yeah, right. 40 years ago, I have to call you back because you left me a message on a payphone that didn't right. work. Yeah. <laughs> you just look at them and, you know, say, why didn't why didn't you text me back? Well, it's one small step for man, yeah, one exactly. giant step for mankind. <laughs> we don't do things in this decade because they're easy. <laughs> we do them because they're hard, you know I right. mean? That, and that speech by Kennedy was prolific, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and what the guy said, never mind what you can do, the country can do for you, but what you can do for your what country. What you can do for your country, yeah. And that, we've lost that. Yeah. We've totally lost that. The millennials Far have no They have oh, no clue. God. Nope. I think uh, part of it, though, and is really what we're talking about, which is one of the perks to the dead files that, you know, I mean, being a constant viewer, you know, there's always something new and different, but there is some better and more accurate history that comes out on that program. We were we had somebody that was on Ancient Aliens last week, mm -hmm. you know. They do some really, really good history about ancient civilizations, but they kind of go out of their way to make them look stupid, you know, uh, that we couldn't, we uh, sitting around with our thumbs up our butts, and, you know, if it wasn't for extraterrestrials, teaching us agriculture and stuff, we'd be nowhere. And we'd say, no, our people were smarter than that, you know. But there's some history that we've seen, thanks to your research, really, mm -hmm. uh, on this show that is some of the better history out there. Because when we read the history books, you know, they they gloss over a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know. And, and like we, we did Rose Hall in Jamaica five years ago. Wow. And the only reason I remember that is because you know, my niece committed suicide a month after we got from there, and that's how I know it's five years. But they were pitching nonsense stories, total nonsense. And they were pretty pissed at me, the people that owned Rose Hall, about bringing out the real history. Like, she wasn't buried there. <laughs> and what they did was they, they mushed three different women in history of Rose Hall together. And the one woman they said was buried there was buried on the other side of the island. I found her grave. <laughs> and they were really upset with me when I brought it out. Because they didn't realize that, listen, I don't care. You're on our show. But guess what? I'm going to tell the truth. And it is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. But yeah. they were pretty upset by my phone. My, because there was another show, I'm not going to mention who, that was there prior. Mm-hmm. 
and swore, oh, yeah, she's here, and she's, she's <laughs> off the place. I'm like, hey, big guy, do your goddamn research. <laughs> it's not even the same woman. Man up and, and tell the truth, you know. So things like that. I get annoyed because people watch TV sometimes and they believe everything they see. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. believe everything they read on the on the internet. On well, the internet, yeah, that's why you said. You know, that's why you're going to libraries and looking at yeah, microphones. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so and people laugh. Oh, you really look at stuff on? Yeah, I do. Because microfiche has the real stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to newspapers, I'm not a big fan of them, but you get some facts out of them. Mm -hmm. I've been in the newspaper many, many times, and I can tell you from experience, they never tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, well, they, the partial truths, I should say. Right. Mm. Yeah. We've even seen some of the episodes you've been on, Steve, where you're going through old newspaper articles and stuff. It's encouraging to see, you know. Yeah. It, it really is. I think it's important, especially for wannabe investigators, you mm -hmm. know. It takes a lot of work, tenacity. It takes a lot of grinding, monotonous. Oh, I don't want to do this work. But yeah. you got to cross your teeth and dot your eyes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons we're generally disillusioned by paranormal television. You know, they cut corners or they set bad examples or they go to properties and and try to stir things up and taunt these things, you know, so they can get something for their camera, which is bad form, and, and you're you know, teaching Chip, us the right way to do it. Brother. And Chip, you bring up a good point, because when they approach me to do the show, I'm like, I'm not doing, first of all, I'm not doing a paranormal show. That mm -hmm. was the first thing I said. Mm -hmm. But then when I met Amy, I'm like, all right, if we do this, we got to do this my way, mm -hmm. which is, it's, I got to, you know, my integrity and my reputation is all I got. Yeah. I'm not going to jeopardize that just to be on television because right. I don't need to be on TV, obviously. Yeah. I don't want, you know, being on TV is not, as much as people think I love it, I'm not a big fan of being on TV. But at the same time, I'm not going to be on TV just to be on TV. I mean, right. I don't have a yacht in my backyard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like it's life changing me being on television where I'm like, oh, I, I, I ride on private planes. I'm like, <laughs> I got a 2200 square foot house, just like most of America. I mean, <laughs> what am I living in? You know, I'm not doing anything special, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to do it with the most integrity that I can. Mm -hmm. You know, and to me, that's, for me, it's the most important thing. You know, I don't, I'm not going to, but when I realize we can do a show that had to do with the paranormal that would had the utmost integrity, I was all in. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. It shows. Yeah, because you're, you're speaking for the victims, you know? You're, you're just finding a different way to speak for victims or different kinds of victims to speak right. for, whether dead or alive, you know? They, they well, both count. Tell people, like, how do you approach the show? I'm like, well, the uh, clients are crime victims. The perpetrators of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. I think, if more, I think if more paranormal teams ran a paranormal investigation like a crime scene, like a police officer does, I think they'd end up with, with a better investigation, better results. Mm -hmm. I, well, I think so, too. But you know what? What I find, and not with you guys, but I find with a lot of, when I talk to these paranormal groups, they're more out to get their own rocks off. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. 
Well, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, guess what I found? Look at the EVP I got, or yeah, I saw an orb. I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah, it's about about the client. Not about which. Why were you doing that investigation? Who are the people that are suffering from this? I mean, if you go into a place where nobody lives, and you find great, knock yourself out, have a good time, and do your thing. And I think it's great. It's not my thing. But if you want to go to a place where nobody's living and nobody's being affected by it and you're finding stuff, great. Mm-hmm. You go to somebody's house and you don't care about them. All you care about is what you found and what you experienced, what you thought you experienced. Then I got a problem with that. Yeah. yeah. If they want to do that, go to Waverly Hills or Trans Allegheny or something. You know? Right. Yeah, the, the, the fad, uh, the fad place. places. Yeah. But I mean, we're we're disillusioned the same way because we have constantly seen uh, good, uh, proper investigative techniques get overlooked uh, because right. people, like you said, they they want to look better, they want their own TV show, they want their own yeah. theory out there, and it's well, not really about sleeve shirt, you know. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but but we have to, you know, we're very conscientious of history, and and look, uh, people's. Reputations, whether dead or alive, you know, yeah, are right. Yeah, they have to be uh, represented by uh, caring people that want to see, you know, the, the good technique done in an industry because that's what you know. We we want answers to the, some of the greatest mysteries of all, but we also want to have a positive effect on on the people that call us for help. You know, or or need us, and and that's what you're doing, and it's ironic because most of the shows are so uh, gripped by the fear aspect of it, you know, and and even though you're going to some of the probably the the worst haunted locations in in the country, if not the world, you know, you're doing it to help others to see their fears uh, mellowed, you know, not to amp it up. You know, and, it's and funny. I had a guy on Twitter the other day goes to me. I find it incredulous that you and the crew have never had an experience while working with Amy Allen. And I'm like, I didn't even respond to the guy because I'm thinking like this guy's a real douche. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, I'm like, I wanted to respond and say, listen, guy, you, I know you had to look up that word because <laughs> no way you would have used it in a Twitter, you know, <laughs> a message unless you looked it up. And I'm like, well, why is it so unbelievable to think that we wouldn't have an experience? We're not open to it. We're not open to it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the difference between Amy Allen and anybody else or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, mm-hmm. that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. That that makes the difference between what you guys do or what I do. That makes us special for what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, I want to answer this guy in the worst way, but I'm like, I'm not going to give him a platform. Because he's such a douchebag, <laughs> and I, I, I can't do it. I, I just say, you do realize that Amy and I never see each other I until we feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I post photos of me and the crew. Where's Amy? I'm like, you not watch the show? You not <laughs> right? realize we don't work together? Every single episode, it's never mentioned fails. at least once. Yeah. It never fails. And in Pittsburgh, we say jag off, you know? <laughs> jag off. <laughs> <laughs> we say jerk off, so. Right. Yeah, that's more of a New York thing, you know. So, yeah. I got to represent the Empire State. Here, so I'm <laughs> sitting in it. 
I represent Florida now, but I don't know what they say down here, to be honest with you. <laughs> Nothing that we could say without getting fined, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. Yeah. Now, I went to college down there, you know, University of Miami. Yeah, back oh, in the day. Oh, yeah. A very, very tender age. And, yeah. I, Tan, what happened? Uh, I, sun poisoning, honestly. <laughs> yeah. My best friend was like this Greek Adonis, you know. He was just born with a tan. And he would go to Fort Lauderdale Beach and chase all the chicks, you know, because he was 6'5 and gorgeous, you know. I'm this little schlubby guy, <laughs> you know. So he'd run off with all these women. Eight hours later, we'd Leave go home stranded. and I'd have sun poisoning for five days, you know. Hey, don't knock off the, don't knock the short schlubby guy. I'm one of those guys. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know. But, but you, you're, again, a role model. You're setting examples for people. And in a day where role models are sorely missed, if you don't mind my being so candid. About no, you know, I think men aren't men anymore, and I hate to say this, and I know I'm a broken record about it, but, you know, I think the generation of anybody born in the 60s, early 70s, I think, it, it's done. I mean, yeah. men don't know how to. Well, men don't know how to treat women. That's mm -hmm. not. Yeah. I, I found that out. <laughs> I treat women the way I was raised, and and women are astonished by it. And I'm like, I don't understand why you. Right. So to, to, to quote Robert De Niro, the last vestige of the chivalrous gent. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. That's how I was how I was raised. Like you hold the door open for a woman, you make sure her seat's pulled out when she sits at a table. Exactly. You, you, you hold the door open for the car. I mean, I don't get that. So when I when, when I go out on dates, I'm like, they're like, you're kind of weird. You're very different from anybody else I dated. <laughs> well, what does that mean? <laughs> it means treat me like the pig that I am. <laughs> <laughs> held my door open uh you made sure i was comfortable i'm like okay you you took control of everything well that's me anyway <laughs> okay what am i doing that's not normal for me then i realized when they tell me later on how boys i don't call them men anymore i call them boys yeah. i've treated them and i'm like ah, i get it now all right mm -hmm. so you know, we're a dying breed. Real men are a dying breed, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think it's starting to come back, especially with the men that have been in combat. And I think it's starting to come back where men are being men again. Mm -hmm. We had that lull of, you know, you know, uh, my feelings don't feel good. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah. you know, I want to show you my uh, my feminine side. Shut the hell up. You know what? <laughs> You know, just man up and just be a man. Right. Stop, the, stop the crap. Just be a yeah. man. Yeah. And if it's not free, they don't want it, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's exactly. also a lot of women that, that don't want anybody holding a door open for them, you know? Well, what a, what am I, so weak I can't open my own door? And it's yeah. like, no, it's a, well, it's an honor shame. thing, you know? Shame on them. So yeah, you right? Do <laughs> you want to pay for a drink or pay for dinner? I'll not only be very, very upset with you. I'm going to break his goddamn leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for me, if you have a daughter, uh, I do. you want men to treat your kids the way they should be treated. Mm -hmm. And you want your sons to be men and treat women the way they should be treated. 
Yeah. That's well, why I don't like rap music. People are like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? I don't listen to rap. And they're like, oh, well, rap hip-hop is good. I'm like, have you ever l really listened to the lyrics? <laughs> I'm like, have you listened closely? <laughs> you have a daughter? You have a mother? Do you have a wife? Have you ever, ever really listened to the lyrics of hip-hop and rap? Like that. Yeah, I DJed nightclubs, so it was my yeah. job to know that stuff. But, you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, okay. It's noise to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Me. No, but then again, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. Led Zeppelin. Oh, so nice. oh, yeah. I had my Disco Sucks t-shirt. I think I still have it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when it paid $400 a night, you know, you play some disco. <laughs> hey, that's when they had music was when we were young. Yeah. Shit. yeah oh, I know, right? Oh, man. You know, I, I still reflect on uh, just some of the... You listen to uh, the newer songs today, you don't have to be talented, you know. You've got keyboards and microphones that actually do the work for you. They're auto-tuned, so you don't have to sing, you know. You don't have to really learn how to spell because there's spell check and, you know, yeah, you you've got calculators to it. Yeah, do the work, you know. At the, again, it's a good example that you set on the show. We're very thankful for that. And you've got two people that are so uniquely qualified to understand uh, the, the negative side of the other side mm -hmm. because you've both seen the negative side of this side. Yeah. You, know? you know, it's funny. The other, the other morning, today's uh, Thursday, right? So mm -hmm. Tuesday morning, Amy and I had the same flight out. We got finished filming at like 2.30 in the morning. We had a 5.30 flight out. So oh, we went wow. right from our hotels. So I see her at the airport, and she's all screwed up. She's like, the spirits are still messing with me. I'm like, listen, shut up. <laughs> a cup of coffee. Forget about the spirits. She's mm -hmm. okay, let's go. You know, like, I had to kind of like just not straighten her out, but I'm like, listen. No, snap her out of it. Snap yeah. her out of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then we get on the plane, and she's sitting two seats behind me. And I guess the guy next to her knew we were on TV, and I was out cold. And apparently they were making fun of me the whole time because I was like, I look like a drug addict just with my mouth open. All my <laughs> so the good thing was I was able to snap her out of things, and we, we had a good flight. And then she went to her plane, and I went to mine because we had connections, and... Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than being up 30 hours straight and then getting on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, I mean, you're really both going in places where angels fear to tread. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've known her personally for a, a while now. And I understand the the true danger that she puts herself in, yeah. you know, by, by calling these things out, you know, on, on international television, no less. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, and that's a kind of a, a yeah. rare kind of payback that uh, most people never have an opportunity to experience. And, and she does really put herself in, in jeopardy like that. And well, it's good she's got somebody like you to snap her out of that. Hey, she's a tough broad, but you know what? I think what happens with Amy is that um, she's, always, she's so into her thing that, you know, she needs a guy like me mm -hmm. to kind of round her. Yeah. So you know, and I think other people that are around her be like, oh, Amy, are you okay? And me, I'm like, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to this this spirit bullshit. Let's just get <laughs> some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> not out of it. Yeah. You know, no, I, 
I mean, that, that is pay, paying her a, a very specific honor, you know? Yeah. I mean, we do she, realize that. She does her job, and she does it well, and you know what? I wouldn't want to have her abilities, mm. obviously, but I wouldn't want anybody to have to have experienced what I have in my life right? and have the experience to be able to do what I do. I mean, what I've done in 30 years, I mean, I wouldn't wish what I've seen worst enemy. and what I've dealt with on anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have nightmares every night about, you know, dead children and, st you know, just nightmares about what living people do to each other. Mm -hmm. And people always say, to me, aren't you afraid of the spirits? I'm like, mm, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, living. I mean, yeah. My grandma always said, fear the, fear the living, not the dead, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you say the same thing, you know? You know, forget I, I, the ghost, beware of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we, we, we see that side of things too. I mean, we, you know, Chippy Year represents the, the kinder side of this world, you know, and, and you would think that uh, Amy is, is somebody that, that I wouldn't look up to or admire, but she is so good at yeah. what she does, and she has a very unique understanding that really makes her one of a kind. And really uh, puts you in the in that same box, you know, one of a kind. Well, you know, I think I think the two of us together, and we're very, very, very different people. I mean, me and Amy don't hang out like you know. If she, her and I were weren't on the show, we would never be hanging out together. Mm -hmm. We're just very different people, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, I I hang out with who I hang out with. She hangs out with who she hangs out with. But I think the combination. Of oil and vinegar always works, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, for our show, for lack of a better word, the oil and vinegar works tremendously. It meshes well, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It yeah. meshes well, and it makes for a great salad, right? Yeah, right. And and there are, you know, I mean, uh, week after week, you come to the reveal, and she points out something that your research, you know, has underscored almost all the way through, and and. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if we've seen two episodes or 800 of them. Yeah, I, it's I'm still always, a wow moment, yeah. you know. I'm always amazed. Even though, you know, the show has a lot of monotonous things. Like, you know, I'm on my way to meet so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. She does her sketch. But I think at the end, the, the, the whole core of the show is about our clients, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, I, and what me and her bring together, you know, as a whole. Like when we when we talk and we're talking back and forth at the reveal table, it kind of brings the audience into our worlds. Right. It says, "All right, this is what me and Amy are going through. And this is what Amy saw. This is what I developed in my research. And this is how we're helping the client." And I think that whole concept is why the show has been as success as successful as it has because. Mm -hmm. It's unlike any other show. On, well, I hate saying show, and I hate that word. Because mm -hmm. to me, it's not but a show. you're right, though. It's a job. For me, it's a job. Right. I'm doing an investigation every week. So for me, it's more of a job, not I'm on TV. Yeah. Well, it's know? more of a duty than a job, even. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's I just, you know, like I said, it sucks being on the road. It really does. But huh. when I see that look on those clients' faces at the end of the reveal. And I'm like, all right, they may not like what they heard, but they got answers. Mm -hmm. And they may not like the, what they have to do, or they may not like the answer that you have to move or whatever. But you know what? You call us in, you got an answer. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody else gave you this answer. Right. Everybody else gave you nonsense. Hey, yeah, house is haunted. Take care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it, it's also d- different in that, um, I mean, it, it. like you said, you may be taking a lot of similar steps week after week, but it's always different. The situation's always different. It's always unique. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it, it never really feels uh, monotonous or, you know, this again, there's never that because... Right, and we're, and we're in different locations mm-hmm. over all over the country. Everybody can relate. Oh, my God, you're in my neighborhood. I know that area, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You guys ready to take I, a break? Sure. We could do that. I think Steve's ready to, ready to take a break, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. I just... That's all right, Steve. No, it's yeah, we're taking break now. Light time, man. You know that's what it is. Again, I'll remind you that uh, we won't be able to hear the uh, the ads in our headphones, and our mics will still be live. Well, I'll let you know when we're back, though. So it's all yeah. I'll let you know. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Anytime, brother. Timmy, the great Steve Deshotty. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's been, man. It, it's been a fast one hour. It's just like right? you know, this guy. It's just like you know, a bunch of friends sitting at a bar and having a conversation. You know, it's just right. That's how yeah. we roll here. So, well, yeah. Also, the beauty of that man, you know, exactly. because he's always like, yeah, very uh, down to earth. Yeah, real people. It's a beautiful thing. Are right, you ready to go on break? Absolutely, brother. Right. You're listening to the Supernatural Realm with our very special guest, Stephen Deshavi from the Dead Files. We'll be right back. Right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Reichenthal. I host the show Kindness Beyond the Veil, and very proud to announce Kindness Beyond the Veil now has a special live broadcast right here on UPRN Mondays from 1 to 3 p.m. Central, where we'll show you there's aspects of the paranormal, extraterrestrial, and other realms where positive and even loving things can happen. We'll prove that to you now with a live show Mondays, 1 to 3 p.m. Central, plus a new archive at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central on Mondays. We just got better with two new episodes of Kindness Beyond the Veil with me, Chip Reichenthal, right here on United Public Radio Network, UPRNTalkRadio.com. Join us. Hey, guys. Oh, that be so bad. And we're back on the Supernatural oh Realm so on WCT. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know if I can hold it any longer. <laughs> yeah. So, were you able to take a break, Steve? I'm good now, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to give a big shout-out to our listeners on High Point Radio, bringing us in there. New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania on 1620 AM and 100.5 FM, and also WCET 101.7 FM in Columbia, South Carolina. Chip A, you there, my friend? Yeah, I sure am, brother. You know, the only difference is, you know, he he got up to take care of his business. I just sat here, you know. (laughs) Thank God for depends, you know. (laughs) So you (laughs) win your pants, then? Is that either a new spokesman? Yeah, but they were special pants, though, you know, so it's all good here. Yeah. 
Nobody's crying the blues on this end. You, know? you got adult pants on then, right? <laughs> got, yeah, I got to, You know, it's it's like 90 degrees outside, you know, and the humidity's even worse, and I'm freezing. I got, you know, I got layers and layers of stuff on there. Yeah. It's going to get worse this weekend because it's going to go, the humidity's going to go up. I think we're going to reach 90 uh, here in the Pittsburgh area, so and it's yeah, going to get warm. Well, you know, he's in Florida, you know, so, you know, we've well, we got to. no business talking about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sometimes, there's been summers, though, where I've actually gone to Florida to cool off a little, you know. <laughs> you know what? I was just being up in Columbus this week, I was like, People talk about Florida. I mean, with the mosquitoes and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have no mosquitoes. <laughs> and, and I'm like, really? Don't talk about Florida. That's good. Yeah. Well, I think you know you got to bring more lizards to Columbus. See, that's yeah, why. Yeah, more alligators and crocs. Yeah, they got lots of lizards, man. <laughs> yeah, really cool salamandry looking things, man. I I like those. Hey, lizards are cool, man. Yeah. Right. Right. The reptilian brain is a beautiful thing sometimes, especially if you don't like bugs, you know. I want to tell our listeners they can call with questions for Steve. Uh, his number is 724-602-2826 or Skype Tim.Roxbury1 uh, with your questions for Steve, if you have any. So. Questions? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out world. There we go. Yeah. How about you, Tim? You got any questions? Um, I was going to ask. Um, I he probably he probably does, but uh, Steve, do you guys follow up with your clients after the shows to see how they're they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, unfortunately, the producers or the production office follows up within sixty days, and whatever they tell them at that point is what goes on television. You know, at the end of the show. But I'm in contact with probably. Oof, at least 60-70% of the clients now that mm -hmm. I've um, five, six years ago, I'm still in touch with clients. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm in touch with them on social media all the time. And um, a lot of them, are, are more than most, are doing a lot better than before. But the only problem is when, oh, the activity continues. It drives me crazy because, mm -hmm. you know, now we're doing this thing where they're filming uh, what happened after the... Right. Well, that's what I like about the, the new episodes they're running, including one tonight, uh, which is basically a revisit of some locations. Because yeah. you mentioned that, you know, I mean, over the years, that's that's been uh, a, a bone of contention uh, with yeah. you. It is if the, the people decide not to act on the advice uh, within that 60-day time period, that's the the, the text yeah. that goes against the screen at the at, and it's never followed up. But now with the revisits and the recap, it's like they listen to you, you know? Yeah, and, and you know what? A lot of the clients and people ask me, oh, my God, I can't believe the activity is continuing. And people ask me, oh, oh, my God, how are they doing? And I'll be in touch with them. And they'll be like, they're doing great. But never mind what you saw on television. The clients are doing good. And not within 60 days, but within 90 days, they got the help they needed and everything's good. Mm. So it's TV, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But it's, you know, I think it's hard to put yourselves in their shoes because, you know, look, I, I talk to a lot of people that watch the show, of course, and, and they're always, well, you know, why don't they just get up and move out? 
And it's like, well, it's yeah. easier said than done. They've got yeah. mortgages, you know, they're dug into this property. You yeah, can't you just, it's not like a switch you can just turn on and off, right? Yeah, I interviewed a family uh, a couple of years ago. We they, they were on a show. And that's what a lot of people ask them. People are actually harassing them on, on social media. If, if it's so bad, why, why don't you move out? Well, their finances didn't allow them to move out, you know, and they they were be, they were being called frauds and and all kind of nasty nasty names. It was horrible. You know what? What's worse than financial destruction? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about. It. All right, I got a ghost breaking my chops, but guess what? I'm broke and I, I'm living in a shelter. What's right. worse than? Come on, give me a break. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I have to deal with, uh, you know, for me, I'd rather deal with an entity in my home than total financial destruction. Mm -hmm. Right, and you know what? Nobody listen. Nobody lives in those shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. That's what I tell everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, spend an hour in my shoes, then talk to me. You know, everybody, everybody talks crap, especially on the internet, because everybody's <laughs> up guy on keyboards, right? Yeah. Well, they can hide behind avatars. And yeah, hide behind their poking you know. on. Well, no, if it was me, I would have did A, B, and C. I'm like, yeah, okay, tough guy. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's just not that that simple. I mean, it's hard enough. You know, these people really don't have anybody that they can go to in the first place. That's another beautiful thing about the work that you and Amy do. Yeah. As you know, look, I mean, we're on radio. We talk to people all the time that have stories that they're afraid to say out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, you know their neighbors will look at them differently, or yeah. you know their social circle might fall apart. So it's like uh, you know. Think about uh, how impossibly vulnerable a position like that is, you know, let alone to, ha to have a property that is so uh, vehemently haunted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, most of the people you go to would wear that like a badge of honor, you know, <laughs> and, and they do, do everything and they can to, to highlight the fear and do nothing for these people, you know, because they want to look good. You know, that's 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 why we... Uh, are doing radio because we want to speak for the goodness in people yeah. and that is the thing that you guys have done now you know, 11 and a half seasons you know right. and counting and we just can't thank you enough for that you know especially I appreciate it. and you know what in travel channels you know for, for them the fact that they've been renewing us is incredible because mm -hmm. you know what paranormal is not not a big like we can't get anybody to endorse us because it's a paranormal show. Mm -hmm. we, have to, we have to put tape on all my cars because nobody wants to be associated with the paranormal. I can't wear clothing that I have because you know there's there's insignias that show designers, and we can't show that because they don't want to be associated with the paranormal. You know what? And I think that's kind of that's douchey. <laughs> like really, yeah, you, you think you're better than anybody else? Like, you know what? Maybe you should live it. And I've never ever had an experience ever in my life. Mm -hmm. But really, are you that so high and mighty that you can't relate to people that are going through paranormal crisis? Right. You know, so. Yeah, a lot of these people are at their wit's end. You're <laughs> probably the only hope that they have. You know. So. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because when I get to a client's house and I've talked to him a million times before I get there, mm -hmm. and 
I walk in the door and they see me and they just break down. Right. And they come over and they hug me. Thank God. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trying to help us. I mean, you know what? That's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is absolutely heartbreaking. And then, like I said before, talking about the crappy hotels and, mm. you, know, you know, living out of, out of a space. That's, that's a tough that's life, man. I've had a traveling job before. I mean, and that's another thing that people really don't understand, you know, sucks. is how lonely it really is out oh, there on the road. Oh, because my God. It's everybody's a stranger, you know. Yeah. And when I get that hug, mm -hmm. thank, thank you for being here, it's like, don't be so, so into yourself and stop worrying about your bad hotel room. And, you know, don't be so superficial about this, that. And, and I'm like, it grounds you and it kind of tells you, listen, this is why you're here. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is why you're living in a crappy hotel room. This is why you're traveling at five o'clock in the morning. And this is why this, this and that. And I'm like, when I get that hug... And and they hold you tight, and they're like, "Thank God you are here." Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it's a it's euphoric the feeling that you get from that. And then I say to myself, "Stop feeling sorry for yourself, asshole." Because yeah, it, uh, you know, it's easy to do, man. No, life on the road is like that. It it eats a piece of your soul. It really does. Uh, and I love people like, "Oh my God, you got the best job in the world. You get paid double." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, okay." You just live in my life for a month where you got you like, I've been gone for twenty four days. I just got home yesterday. Wow. Twenty four days. And I have I live alone, right? So I come home, I got twenty four days worth of mail. I got <laughs> I got weeds. I got you know, I got stuff that happened while I was gone. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it, 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 about the client and, and the look on their face on Tuesday night, I'm like, okay. You know, it, it was worth me being away for 24 days. So the last three clients, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, look, to 25 years as a gold shield first responder, a homicide detective in Manhattan North Precinct, you know, toughest precinct in, in the five boroughs, no less. You know, yeah, but, you know it, but it, it, it made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. But but you're a unique kind of first responder now, you know. Yeah, you're, yeah. You know, people... You know, they're like, oh, my God, you're so brave for going to a haunted house. I'm like, I, I, I've been shot. I've been shot at. <laughs> been stabbed. You know, uh, I've been in combat. I, I, yeah, I'm, I think I'm the haunted house is the least of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I was Amy, it would be different. But for me, it's like, how can you not feel anything? Like I was talking about that guy. It's incredulous that you would. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. All right, big guy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, we did an investigation one time a couple of years back, maybe five or six years ago, and we were in this little town of uh, Harrisville. You know, you pretty much blink and miss it. <laughs> so it's like two o'clock in the morning. We're investigating this restaurant, and I look out the window and I see headlights coming in the parking lot. Well, here, here, you know, two borough police cars coming in, and then they, we go outside and they're like, "What are you guys doing?" Oh, we're having a paranormal investigation. The client, you know, was experiencing some things in his restaurant. So we're here investigating. And he walks in and because he, he needed our driver's license and, you know, check us out and stuff. And, and we're like, yeah, we're, we're doing this investigation. You want to see some of the equipment we have? Oh, no, let's just go outside and you can show me your identification out there. 
<laughs> they didn't want any part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've gotten that look before. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you tell, you tell look, policemen you're a paranormal <laughs> investigator, you, you get the eye roll. Really They're like, quick. no, that's okay. Let's just go outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember sometimes to always always respond to our uh, locations, even though we have permits and everything, and, the, and we notify the police department. Mm-hmm. Still get the cops showing, especially during Amy's walk. They're always showing up because right. it's like <laughs> morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know if you know this. I I did private investigative work uh, for about a year and a half, so surveillance. Yeah, oh, it, it, it is not glamorous. It's not oh. like Joe Mannix where you got guns and chicks and hot cars. You know, oh, <laughs> ice tea, uh, gallon of iced tea that was empty. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That you know, that, that's before I discovered Depends. That's what I had. Yeah, in my smelly car, where you got to sit there for eighteen hours, hoping something will happen. You know, just so you get the money shot. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I I got pulled over by a, a state trooper once. You know, because I'm I'm in this block, in the city block, waiting for my money shot. You know, this uh, this girl uh, who I'm investigating you know is supposed to be cheating on her husband so uh <laughs> she's supposed to meet her boyfriend you know for breakfast and they usually kiss outside you know so i'm sitting in the street block waiting for you know another four hours to go by before i get that money shot and and there's this light i thought it was a ufo or something you know it's like this light just took over the entire atmosphere you know it's pitch dark three in the morning <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's filled with light. It's a searchlight from a state trooper, you know. <clears throat> and he's like, what, what the hell are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, we called you guys because that's what we have to do. You have to call the local police and let them know that you're going to be there as a private investigator, yada, yada. <clears throat> and he says, well, yeah, I mean, I knew about that. But, you know, we've got seven calls from this block talking about some guy parked outside <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> He said, "You, you know, if you if you want to be a good private investigator, you're not doing it." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Find a new gig, you know." So within a couple of weeks, I did. But yeah, surveillance is Everybody's tough. Everybody's got their forte in life, right? Yeah, that was not mine. Uh, but but I sure understand, you know, what surveillance is and how unglamorous it is. And boy, you know, they used to have all the cop shows making it look all glamorous, and you know. They were always, you know, uh, uh, getting chicks and <laughs> driving cars I could never afford. And, you know, it wasn't like that at all. Getting chicks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got a friend, Mark Kies. I know you yeah. met him. He's a was a Pennsylvania State Trooper criminal investigator for the Pennsylvania State Police. He's on a travel channel show now called Paranormal 911, uh, which is kind of cool because it is about first responders having paranormal experiences, especially for somebody like you that to, this, to this day has never had one, you know, because you can see how off-put they are by seeing these things that, you know, they're just not trained to see you know, ghosts or the figure of death, you know, uh, hovering over uh, some uh, criminal that just died in prison, you know, as they're watching. And and uh, so, again, it really spells out how unique a position you're in, 
you know, to be somebody with an investigative background that homicide worked for, yeah. you know, and the toughest precincts of the five boroughs and the, the biggest city in the world, you know. Uh, I've never had, um, I've seen my share of dead bodies. I can't even put a number on it. Yeah. But uh, I've never, ever, ever had a paranormal experience. Although, one time in Brooklyn, I did respond to a location uh, where there was a Santeria thing set up. Oh. The dead oh. chickens, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. And um, I tell you the truth, it was, it was. You know, for a kid from Brooklyn, working the streets, and I've been born and raised in the streets of Brooklyn, and then responding to this location where there was literally a, a dead, no head on a chicken and the blood going into this, this cauldron, so to speak, yeah. and all these candles, and I'm like, what in the hell is this? Right. I look at my partner, he goes, yeah, let's get that ladder. <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm with you. There's nobody dead. You know, somebody called because <laughs> this thing was set up. But I'm like, except for the chicken, of course. Yeah, except for the what, chicken. I'm like, wasn't Santa? You know, what wasn't if Santa? The chicken and roasted it. I would have had no problem. But <laughs> you know, wasn't Santa Marta or Maria, whatever her freaking name was? Wasn't she like a skeleton god or something? I. You know what? I. And the funny part about that, there was a movie. That was out like right after we saw this. Mm -hmm. Oh, Serpent the Rainbow, right? Yes, that was it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe you remembered the name of the movie. Sure. Yeah. It's like a that Mexican was the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, me and my partner look like it's like, wow, we 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 actually saw this crap. <laughs> You're in the middle of Brooklyn, Bedford Stuyvesant of all places in Brooklyn. Right? Yeah. Worst patient ever. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, bro, we're like. We've seen this. We, you know, we don't have anything. Yeah, that's the same on. dead chicken, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it was based on, on this real-life anomaly with wow. pufferfish. Uh, yes. You know, you can get them in Japanese restaurants uh, still to this day, but you have to special order them because there is some neurotoxin in pufferfish that give you all the symptoms of, of clinical death. Right. Uh, without killing you off, and that's why the the guy in the film was thought to be a zombie. Right. You know, exactly. they given him that pufferfish. So he, that was uh, the president in uh, that was that movie with Wolf. Oh God. Um, oh, uh, Independence Day. What's that? Independence Day. Independence yeah. Day. The, yeah. the guy who played the president was in that movie. He was in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I lost my favorite T-shirt to that because I took my wife. It's the first uh, date movie I took my wife to see, and she's very sensitive to animals getting killed off in movies, you know. <laughs> and there, there's this dead chicken. So there, that was no, a billboard that, shirt, man. It's funny with me, like I have no problem seeing a dead body, or if I see a dead animal, it breaks my heart. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's the same way. Well, yeah. see, you know, but and different in the fact that you know terry terry doesn't like people she loves animals you know <laughs> that's my wife you know she's you know uh and here i love people you know i like animals too yeah it's not so, an animal advocate yeah as okay. you guys know yeah you follow me on instagram you know i'm a big animal man. Yeah, definitely yeah, and, and thank you for that you know because it, it means a lot to us fellow animal advocates you know I just like to see, you know, 
do no harm, you know, throughout your life if you can. That's, that's kind oh. of. I'm just set up for the zombie apocalypse. I have all my rounds. <laughs> ready to go. I tell people all the time, I said, bro, zombie apocalypse happens. Just come to my house. I'm all ready to go. Man, I got ammo. Yeah, he's prepped and ready. Yeah, <laughs> got machetes, ready to cut heads off. I'm all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't come to me. I'll be dead by the time you find me, you know, in that, in that situation. Yeah, I've got just that kind of neck that, you know, zombies want to eat it, I guess. That's why I'm not a zombie guy, per se. Yeah, yeah how about that guy in Philadelphia yesterday? Man, he was set up for something. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Hey, shot six cops, yeah. Six <laughs> cops, you know. Crazy. And that's, a, you know, and that's a tough thing to see, I, I, you know. I mean, look, any shooting is, but, uh, you know, when one police are getting injured, at least uh, none of them were killed. Yeah, the miracle was they were released from the hospital. So. Yeah. yeah. The problem is more cops are killing themselves than anything else. Well, I was going right. to say, yeah, in, in New York City and in, in, in your old neck of the woods, there were six, I think, in the last two weeks alone. Yeah, two, two of the guys that killed themselves this year I was very close with. Oh, yeah, sorry. And they killed themselves literally within two days of each other. Wow. It was just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I've known personally, they were the 28th and 29th people I've known that killed themselves, right? Wow. So, yeah. You mentioned I, a, a niece like five years ago, right? Yeah. I've had two people kill themselves right in front of me. Oh, my. And God. it's something that kind of sticks with you and you're like, you know, to see it's one thing, but... Mm -hmm. The sure. after effect of it all. Oh, sure. You know, um, I've dealt with suicide in my family. And it's kind of like suicide is a thing where they don't realize not just them, but what they're, how they're affecting everybody around. Them. Right. right. Yeah. It, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a selfish act, you know. But I, I mean, murder is too, uh, you know. But if if they have a chance to stop themselves in the heat of that moment and not do it to either others or themselves, then, you know, everything changes. But, yeah, because we're, we're talking paranormal, we've dealt with a lot of spirits of uh, suicides. You know? Well, you know what? The last investigation we did dealt with a suicide in the family. Mm -hmm. Wow. And unfortunately the person that committed suicide was at that at that location but uh amy was able to tell them listen he's fine he'll be good you know it, it's all good and i think that was important because it was a big sticking point for the family sure sure and, uh, she made them feel at ease thank god you know yeah god i'm not really religious but you know no, it's it's good, but it's also good that she could pick up on that because you yeah. know, the, look, there are a lot of uh, suicide and spirit that aren't okay, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. And you know, it's really it's all the time. Like, what's your biggest thing that you take away from working with Amy? And I'm like, my biggest thing is like, I'm not really religious, but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. For yeah, me. You know, what happens after you die, right? Everybody wants to know that answer. Exactly. That's a big question, right? And you get your atheist that's like, oh, you just, that's it. You're done. Yeah. And then you get people like me that are very spiritual, and you're like, well, I hope, you know, I go one place or the other. I want to go one place, obviously. But, 
you know, it's kind of like when you talk to Amy, it's like, oh, my God, I hope I don't wind up stuck. Mm-hmm. I don't wind up in my debt state. I, I hope I don't wind up reliving my death over and over. Mm-hmm. You know, because then, then you start thinking about family members and you're like, oh, my God, I hope my cousin that got killed in a car crash that doesn't relive it all the time. Or Isn't stuck there. In that moment. My father, you know, moved on. But, you know. Well, I, I think that, you know, in, in her case, uh, I could pretty easily speculate that that wouldn't happen because of all the people that she's helped, just like you. Yeah. You know. Well, this last investigation she, we did, she took one of, the, one of the spirits home with her. She said, I'm going to take this one home with me. I already had a call, talk with her and all this other stuff. And, then, you know, to the, the layman, listening to that, you're like, yeah, you're, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're taking this woman home. What, what the hell are you talking about? But, <laughs> my head, after working with her for nine, almost ten years, I'm like, good. You're taking yeah. her home. You're going to take care of this. Yeah. You're going to move yeah. her on. Because you understand the beauty of that gesture, especially yeah. in her mind and how she sees the, the world. Yeah. And especially all the negative things that she yeah, encounters, you know. To that died of cancer, didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. and she was just a fraction of a body or whatever the hell the case was. And I don't really try to ever get into the paranormal thing because people PM me all the time. Mm-hmm. I got a shadow on my house. I see this. What do I do? I'm like, you're asking the wrong guy. You got to, yeah, you, yeah. you know, it's you want not to your area. Patient yeah. can help you out, but you know, and I feel bad because. I don't have an answer for them, or I can't give them an answer because that's not my expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least you're honest enough and, and yeah. real enough as a person to say, "This not my area, no. you know, I can't really help you. You're really telling them the truth, which is a, as good as you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Really I feel bad about it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat things and say, listen, well, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, why am I, I would n- never tell somebody how to handle something when it comes to the paranormal. That's not my my thing Mike you need to call Amy and you know Amy gets I get unindated with messages I mm-hmm. can only imagine what she gets. the messages that she gets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I you know my daughter died well you know or my son died I'm like how heartbreaking is that you know yeah and a woman recently PM me she goes my son just died uh, I think he's here I see this I'm like what do I do I'm like how do you respond to that mm you know without well honestly i mean which is what you're doing it's the best thing that you could do for them is just to cut the cord and say look i i can't you know i'd love to help you i i can't yeah yeah i would but i can't yeah because you know being being in genuine won't help them you know so you're really doing the best thing for them no you know I've had some of that in, in throughout my career, the opportunity to, to help spirits, to help people in spirit. And it's a, kind of a rare, really beautiful thing, but it's not something you can do on demand or on command, you know. Uh, and you have to be uh, kind of in the zone for it, you know. Uh, just like Amy, for Amy to, to say out loud, look, I'm not 100% accurate all the time, you know, was probably one of the most uh, beautiful and brilliant things that she's ever said because you know generally anybody that's a psychic medium that says they're a hundred percent accurate all the time do you watch your wallet around them mm-hmm. you know <laughs> because exactly. no nobody's a hundred percent at anything all the time yeah so uh, it's like a lot of the paranormal shows the uh chip is 
is uh you know these these spirits they don't communicate on demand when no they when, don't. when the investigators ask a question they don't always respond when you ask them to you know? well they're on a whole different clock you yeah know? yeah uh, oh yeah you know it's like you know okay can we do it in four hours and a week from tuesday there they are <laughs> yeah it's like you said four hours it's it's a whole different uh, time uh but yeah, excited for the new episodes. You know, the Dead Father. I'm I'm so glad that they're really marathoning it just about every Thursday. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we are too. I mean, it's the first time in nine years. Like I said, the last year or so, they've been, you know, since Discovery uh, Network has taken over, they've really done a great job. And and we, I get a lot of new fans now. Especially, you're like, oh, I, just, I never saw your show before. I can't believe it's been on so long. Uh. Thank you so much for what you do. And I'm like, well, we've been on for so long. I'm surprised. But that's a good thing. You know, that yeah. means that Discovery Channel is really doing the right thing and bringing us to the forefront and giving us actually a whole day. And Thursday nights are a really tough night to be on TV. It's the strongest night for television. And we've been holding our own, thank God. Mm-hmm. But it also helps. I mean, they do make it easy for people. Uh, like, uh, like we said, for example, tonight there's an episode from eight to ten Eastern, another new one from ten to eleven. But they rerun them, so it'll play again at midnight or one to three Eastern too. Right. You know, work four to twelve or work nights, and it's all good. So I'm very happy the way they've been uh, highlighting our show. Thankfully, yeah, Steve, uh, me any, too. Especially is there any fans. thoughts of? Another season after this one? Uh, you know what? We're in the middle of filming season 12, and we're just waiting to hear about maybe a season 13, but okay. I don't know what we'll hear about that. So. Wow. We're hopeful. You know, the numbers as far as ratings go, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, summer's a tough time. Yeah, it is a tough fans. time. Yeah. It, it is, uh, yeah. Dead Pop fans are very loyal. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, we have the best fans ever. I mean, they're just, you know, I, I talk to fans all the time. I'm really good with that as far as social media goes. I interact with the fans, and they're like, oh, I've been watching since season one, or <laughs> I just started watching the show, you know. So for me, it's just a great um, aspect that, that Discovery's done such a good job with us that we have new followers now. Yeah. Awesome. You know, another beautiful thing, because I know you, and you've got this great memory. So you'll remember every client that you've (laughs) worked with, you know, you remember people that you've uh, met on on site or at various events and things, and uh, it's always kind of, you know, I'm six years older than you, and memory to me is like uh, something I had in my 20s, you know. But I marvel at that, and I, I I just appreciate it from afar because you know it's just the kind of heart that you have, you know, you you remember these people. And, yeah. and having a big heart can be a problem sometimes. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, I uh, believe me, I know. But uh, but at least I have a bad memory. So. <laughs> Steve, what's the most serious episode or serious case that you've been on? One of the ones that are most memorable uh, for you. I, you know, that's a really hard question to answer. Um. That's really tough because... There's a lot of them, probably. Yeah, and, and, and the last, like Chip was saying, like the last few seasons have been... And it's because I think people are more open to 
talking about what's going on in their, their life, mm-hmm. it, it's everything's been so violent. Mm. People right. being shoved down staircases or being uh, held down in bed and uh, scratched or, you know, yeah. stuff thrown yeah. at them. And it's so hard to comprehend what they're going through, plus trying to figure out which is the worst case. Right. Plus, they got kids that are being well, that, more victimized than the parents in some of these, you know. In the last episode, the last two episodes we did were involving grandchildren mm-hmm. that were taken out of crappy um, real life situations and brought into a better situation only to be terrorized by wow. the paranormal. Wow. So, um, it, it's heartbreaking, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a hard question to answer, Tim, because it's just one of those things where it's like, where do you want to start? There's so you know? many of them, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Plus, it's, it's like people that work with, with trauma victims, you know. Uh, if somebody's had a small trauma, there's no such thing. No. You know, trauma's trauma. Yeah, I know. You know, what's the hardest thing you've ever had to deal with in your life? Yeah. For me, was making a notification. Mm-hmm. Oh. Telling a loved one that somebody they love is dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd rather sit through ten hour autopsies and then deal with visit how. Yeah, visit how to hours. explain to somebody. Listen, your son's dead. Your daughter's dead. Uh, your mother's dead. You know, something like that is not easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. And people ask me all the time, "What's the most horrific thing you've ever dealt with?" To me, children. Me- Notification is the most horrible thing you ever have to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. that guy, right, or that right. woman. No, but it's another unimaginable thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're not actually tasked with doing that, you just wouldn't understand the weight of that moment. We watch a lot of, uh, you know, the the uh, Discovery ID stuff. You know, <laughs> my wife and I, you know. Because it, it cheers us up from stuff. politics, you know. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, you real, know. But, real you death does relieve you from politics, right? Well, it, it, but it's watching people with a puzzle to solve. and uh, But they're in situations where, you know, thanks to editing and television, you know, they basically, have, it's a case that had been solved, you know, maybe 20 years ago that they can reflect on. I still like you're watching the detectives episode where you were, you know, it was this dog. This drug dealer had a dog. (laughs) They've been shot at, you know, they had stuff thrown at them. But this dog, you know, it it put them in this situation where like, what the hell do we do? You know, (laughs) just kind of a funny thing. Can you believe we're almost at the end of the show? Wow, I can't, already? I cannot believe that. Feels like it's been 10 minutes, man. Yeah, we got five yeah. minutes left. It's like, where is it going? Wow. Where's it going? <laughs> yeah. Quickest two hours on radio, brother. See, told you. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I still, my personal favorite episode, uh, the one that just knocked my socks off was this murder case that they did where the killer was still alive and in prison. <laughs> Oh, that was way back when, yeah. Yeah, that was like Very season fun. four or five, I think, and, and it just, you know, knocked my socks off because she's picking up on the killer's energy, Yeah, you know, but he's alive, you know, he's, he's two towns away in lockup, you know, it was just... Well, uh, when I got to talk to him in prison, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's right, yeah, that's and right. they edited that, because I got in that guy's face, and they, they edited that pretty... 
I can imagine. <laughs> they, did a, they did a hell of a job editing that whole... That was like uh, us before the show today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, they knew not to... I guess back then... I'm, I mean, today I think they would probably add a whole thing because of who I am and how the fans perceive me. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Back then, I guess they would have been a little too hardcore for them. All right. But I got in that guy's grill, and they, when I watched it on TV, I'm like, really? This is what you add? <laughs> Where's all the cuss words at? Dang it. Was, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, you know. I just That's knocked my saying. socks off. I was not expecting, you know, to. to yeah, I was to, like, yeah. So he's you picking up on the energy of a guy who's alive still, and you yeah. got to confront him. Uh, I mean, wow. But uh, I can, I mean, I dare the listeners to think of any show where they could say this that I can easily say. Every season of The Dead Files is even better than the one before it. Hey, we got like four minutes. Steve, would you be uh, willing to come back at some point? Visit uh, with us, you guys. One hundred percent. Chip knows. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we love. We love to have it. We love to have it. By Thursday night, I'm usually out hanging out with girls. You know. Well, we yeah, could do I'm Monday. Over. We could do Mondays or Tuesday. You know. Yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah. I'm only kidding. I don't hang out with anybody. <laughs> I hang out with the guys. That's it. Matter of uh, fact, my buddy Ray's coming over because I made dinner and he's gonna come over and eat the rest of it. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, well, I love to Ray. You know. We'd love I to will. have you back so, on. Stand. He was pissed at me. He goes, "What do you mean I can't come over now?" I'm like, "Bro, just the doors unlocked. You got the key. Just, just come on in. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> come on in and eat. Yeah. Shut up." Yeah, and welcome home, by the way. Hey, you know? thank nice you. To be home again. Yeah, it is good to be home. Yeah. Hey, I, I got to guys for having me on. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. I'm hurry I'm up. We got three minutes. I can't talk about it, so it'll be very short. I'm working on a screenplay. It's not a paranormal thing, but it's very good. I'm working on a scene right now where I'm envisioning you as this character, except you're kind of a, a mobster, if you will. <laughs> it's well, ironic, but I'm drawing inspiration from, from you because he's, uh, he's really good to the character in question. Uh, you know, if it makes it to film, would you be in it? Hundred percent. Like what are you kidding? Ah, beautiful. All right, good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make that you. guy. I'll make the guy better than the character that you you portrayed. Ah, cool. <laughs> I'll even I'll even show you the scene when I'm done scripting it out. Just so Excellent. you can see. It. Yeah. Steve, contact info. Oh, my friends. Thank yep. you, buddy. I appreciate that. Tomorrow night, Giants Bears, baby. Oh yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Watch that with one eye open. Go ahead, Debbie. Steve, events, contact info, how people can get a hold of you, that sort of thing. Uh, you know what? I'm mostly on Instagram at Steve DeShavi. I'm on Twitter at Steve DeShavi, obviously. And uh, my Facebook's all, um, you guys know, I'm, I'm maxed at my Facebook. But I'm on Instagram mostly these days because I'm not really happy with Facebook or uh, Twitter. So if you want to hang out, and, and, and I post some funny stuff on Instagram. so <laughs> and, I, and, I, and actually, I interact a lot more with fans on Instagram. So mm. if they want to contact me, send me a message, it's fine. Cool. Awesome. I'm going to get my Instagram account you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but between commercial breaks of the dead files, though, you know, because I'm watching that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
appreciate you guys having me on, though. I really do. Oh, Great. we love you, man. Yeah. We love you, and, awesome and we're so are. grateful for all the work you're doing for us. And and that's a lot of really, fun. Yeah, to it improves the state of our our realm, you know, our community, and uh, us going forward. And we thank you for it. Absolutely, had a great time. It's been a quick two hours, right? Yeah, right. Very quick. Yeah. So it felt like 10 minutes, man. Yeah. Well, I'll talk <laughs> to you guys soon, hopefully. All right. All right yeah, buddy. consider thank it done. You. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be calling you. We'll have you on again here. Thanks, Steve. Hi, guys, and thank you so much for, uh, you know, talking about the show. I appreciate that. Yeah, welcome. Right. Anytime. Yeah, we'll huge fans, on. man. Thank you. Huge good fans. night, guys. Yeah, good, good night. night, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. How about that, Timmy? Oh, that was awesome, man. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Steve, Steve's a great guy. A He's fun. a genuine guy, you know. He sure and, is, and he, he really is. You know, I mean, he's he's very humble, but he really is a role model. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things you can see in him that yeah. you'd want your kids doing. Yeah, you know. Uh, up next, late night in the Midlands with the great Michael Vera. I the think great Michael Vera is up next. That's I think he's exciting. still on. Va- I think he's still on vacation because he's been to the dentist recently. But at uh, any rate, well, he's up next. We will pray for him and his tooth, you know. We love Michael. Yeah, we love our Michael here. And we love yeah. our Steve DeChave, too. So yeah, how about that, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Good night. Uh, Tuesday, Dean Raiden returns to the show as our guest. Oh, nice. Wow. Awesome. And yeah, then- Monday on Kindness Beyond the Veil from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here on this very network. Jackie Barrett will be my guest. Spirit medium extraordinaire. Worked with a lot of law enforcement, missing persons cases. You know, homicide cases. She does another great that goes where angels fear to tread. So yeah. that would be and, very cool. And on a Thursday edition, uh, we have Jason Rand. He'll be joining us for Oh, awesome. Wow. Love Jason Rand. Right. Cool. Good night, everybody. God bless, and uh, have a great weekend. And yeah, thanks stay, for listening. We love cool. y'all. Good night. Good night.